Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Ashley Cleckley. Ashley expresses that although her birth experience was what she wanted and prepared for, it still wasn't what she expected. The week leading up to her labor, she was diagnosed with COVID and throughout labor, still in the healing process. And while she had the birth she envisioned, she shares that she learned that even those with positive birth experiences can still feel pain, anxiety, and high emotions post-birth, and that birth is pain with a purpose. Her husband, Adrian, will also be joining her to share his perspective and supporting his wife during her birth journey. We are grateful to hear both her and Adrian's truth today. Hello, Ashley and Adrian. Welcome to the show. Hi, hello thank there. you for having us. Hello, hello, hello. Very nice to meet you. <laughs> yes. yes. I'm excited. Yes. Can you start too. by telling us just a little bit about yourselves and your family? Sure. Um, so I'm Ashley and I am a 34-year-old woman, um, wife, new new mom, uh, international educator, and I've been married to this guy, Adrian, here uh, for the past five years. Um, so I'm originally from South Carolina, uh, but also grew up in Virginia, um, went to college, um, in North Carolina at North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University, Aggie Pride, I have to shout it out. And, um, (laughs) and I went back up to DC, Virginia area, and I started teaching there. I met him, uh, in 2011. And after that, five years later, we got married and, we are now here in the UAE. Uh, so we moved to Dubai in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had our first baby in 2020, end of 2020. And we moved to Abu Dhabi uh, 2021. And, and here we are, loving the yeah. UAE lifestyle. <laughs> yep. You want to jump on in? Um, well, very briefly, um, my name is Adrian Cleckley. I'm originally from the Orangeburg, South Carolina. <laughs> Orangeburg, South Carolina, (laughs) Um, uh, and I went to South Carolina State University. Shortly after I graduated, I moved to DMV, uh, which was like 1997, and I began working, and that's actually when I met Ashley some years later, but uh, during that time, we uh, met, as she said, with 2011, and then the, the love story begins at that point. Um, and which brings us right on up to this point where there is still a lot of love and a lot more love to give to this youngin who's now running around <laughs> running the house. So. Running the house, yeah. It's good. All but good. it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it is a beautiful thing. That's what they do. They run the houses. We That's don't it. even... They, are they the run boss. us. They are the boss. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your pregnancy. Sure. Uh, so I would say overall, my pregnancy, I think, was pretty good, um, despite being pregnant on the onset of the worldwide pandemic. <laughs> um, so uh, the pandemic started, I guess, around February, March. I found out I was pregnant in April. Um, so we're working from home, um, at, you know, at home 24 hours a day. Uh, but the good thing about that was that I, it gave me an opportunity to kind of just turn within in those moments of feeling nausea and figure out what's going on with, with my body. Um, and just being able to, I think, transform physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Um, so it was a blessing in disguise that I came pregnant, um, felt, felt pregnant during the pandemic. Um, so, but I would say when I first got pregnant, definitely was excited. 
And then right after that, I think I just realized I knew nothing about pregnancy and birth. <laughs> um, all I, I think the only thing I knew was about cesareans, ep epidurals. Um, and then I had this fear um, about dying in childbirth. Like that was pretty much the only thing I had surrounding me when it came to pre uh, pregnancy. Um, so feeling a little lost, feeling a little confused. It's just me and Adrian um, here in the UAE and we can't get to family, especially during this time period. Um, so I ended up, of course, looking for doctors immediately. That was what I was doing. Um, and my thought was to kind of find a doctor that might seem familiar. So being in the UAE, I was looking for one that might've been Western. Like that was my thought process at, at the time. And um, I ended up pretty much depending on the doctor. I remember showing up to, to the doctor's office. He couldn't go in actually. He had to stay out in the lobby because there's a pandemic happening. So that also didn't feel comfortable. But um, so I ended up uh, kind of going to the doctor and I realized that I immediately felt dependent on the doctor, if that makes sense. Um, and for someone like us, uh, particularly me as well, both of us, I'm not one to be, uh, how do I say, dependent on medicine. And it comes to health and body in general, I tend to try to look more towards natural pathways, um, herbs, any diet, nutrition, something like that. That's usually my, my go-to. But when it came to pregnancy, I felt completely dependent on the doctor. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm concerned. I'm scared. Um, and that didn't feel, uh, or well, at least it, it felt a bit uneasy for me, but that was where I was at that time. Um, so I think after some time and realizing how dependent I was on the doctor, that's when I realized that, you know, this isn't me. This kind of goes against my philosophy. And I realized I need to know more about what was going on inside of me. Um, so that kind of prompted me to turn to my husband. Um, and I was like, you know, what if I just decide to give birth natural, no pain medication or epidural? And I remember he was like, you know, can you do that? <laughs> and mind you, he's more like a pro naturopath uh, kind of guy too. And I was like, I don't know, can I? It, we, I was just very lost about it all. Um, so then that prompted us to, or prompted me to start looking into a doula. I've heard of a doula before at that time. And I decided um, to kind of start seeking some out, out in UAE and they, and they exist. There's a whole doula community, thankfully. So I researched some doulas. I, uh, Adrian wasn't quite sure what a doula was either. He's kind of like, what do they, what do they do? And I, once I kind of explained what I knew, he was like, so they're going to be in the birth room with us. And I'm like, I think so. I, I, I don't know. Like, let's just figure this thing out. Um, so I interviewed some doulas online because again, we're in a pandemic and, um, and interviewed a few and we ended up stumbling upon one. Um, all, all, all of them are great, but we found one that we felt one really connected with, I guess what we needed at the time spiritually, as well as it financially fit our pockets as well. So it's kind of a two, two in one for us. So uh, we go down this path of kind of turning to our doula and she ended up giving us just so much information that we didn't, we didn't even know where to start. Um, just kind of talking more about the birth or pregnancy overall, talking to us about what pain and pain, or in, and pain management looks like and just all different types of things. And uh, we, we became uh, very, very, uh, I guess, confident and became more empowered. Um, and me bringing that idea to my husband, uh, you know, about a couple months before about natural became more tangible. You're like, well, maybe this is something that you can actually do. Um, 
And one of the things I really appreciated, I think, about my doula is that she talked about all the things related to pregnancy, all the things related to birth. But what she really also did was dismantle my fear, um, which I thought was very, very important. So like I mentioned earlier, my fear of dying in childbirth, I began to unpack that it, a lot of it stemmed from the media and particularly from um, the, 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 the black mortality uh, maternal issue going on back in the States, particularly, um, and in overall maternal health in general. Um, so I think I, when I learned about more things I knew about birth regarding that fear was rooted in that. So I'm a black woman and I'm thinking, is this going to happen to me? Cause these are stories that I have heard. These are stories that I guess I was, I was consumed with. And although my doula is not, is not, uh, from my similar background, she is someone who, is very much aware of the attack on maternal health. Um, and that's what she believes. And I, I began to realize I believe the same. And she allowed for me to kind of begin to break down and dismantle those fears and realize that I can have a positive birth experience despite all of that. Um, so although I think the awareness um, is, is, is important, it's crucial for us to know about the disparities going on back at home in the States uh, when it comes to black maternal health care. Um, I, I also believe in that balance of making sure like we also hear the positive stories um, because then we, we can become consumed with it and begin to think like I did. I thought I was a victim already going, going into it. So, um, and that's why I appreciate spaces like this, for example, like where we get to talk about all the different experiences when it comes to childbirth, um, especially being a woman of color. So um, as I began to kind of break that down a little bit more, um, I, I became more empowered, became more confident. Um, my partner over here, he was with me the whole time trying to figure out like, he wanted to understand it as well, but he also was like, how can I support my wife? And then that was like, I felt I had a solid partner, felt like I had a so solid doula. So I felt I had a solid birth team surrounding me. Um, and that was very important for me. Um, so at this point, we're continuing to learn, continuing to grow, I'm getting to think about what I want from an ideal birth, what I don't want, in my birth um and i began to dismantle all that fear like i was no longer feeling that fear anymore i felt like i can do this this is how god uh designed this so i should feel confident in this um so pregnancy is going pretty good so far right at this point now i even was working out a little bit i did stop but i tried um <laughs> for a few weeks and uh, <laughs> and um and then once we hit about I hit about week 34 of pregnancy. That's when things changed. Um, so essentially what was happening, two things were happening. One, like I mentioned, I became more knowledgeable. I became more confident. I'm like, I know what I want. I know what I want in the birth. I thought, now let me bring it to my doctor. Um, so I go to my doctor, the one that I was dependent on in the beginning, you know, the one I thought that was helping me kind of cope where I was in that moment. And I realized that this wasn't the doctor for me uh, because what I realized she, I guess, was used to, I guess, if you will, is the, the, the patient being dependent on her, being dependent on the system. And when I came to her and I was like, I want to talk about my birth plan. She was kind of like, well, let's talk about that a little bit later. We're not quite there yet. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, it is 30 for a week. But I mean, I think it's still close enough to talk about my birth plan. But, but me and my personality, um, as we're moving to the you know, the, the, the bed, she's going to pull out the ultrasound. I kept talking about it because that's just what I do. I, just what I did. So I kept dropping little nuggets. 
So I started saying things, particularly two things. I said, you know, I know what I don't want. I know I don't want an IV port, um, you know, in my hand because I just want to feel free. I don't like needles. I think I just want to feel like I can move about. And as soon as I said that, she was very much like, that goes against hospital po policy. And I kind of stopped for a second. And then my husband kind of jumped, he jumped in and was um, essentially, I think you were like, uh, oh, is this something that she's required to do? And then that's when she said, well, you don't have to do it. Um, but if you uh, sign a release that you don't want to, we understand that this is my lifeline to you. And I stared at her and then she said, I mean, I'm not going to let you die. And right then and there, I was like, wait a minute. As I became more confident, dismantled that fear about dying in childbirth, you tried to bring it back in my, my, my soul and my, my, my energy, you know? And I just didn't, right then and there, I was thinking, this is not the right person. This can't be. You're trying to make me scared. And I, this whole time, I've been trying to erase all that fear. Um, and then the second thing I mentioned to her um, was that I do not want to be unnecessarily induced. Um, I would like, I learned throughout my doula sessions and all the research that, that I did, you know, I learned about the, what spontaneous labor looks like and kind of how it's how the, I guess the physiological process and what that looks like between baby and, um, mom and the body. And when I shared that with her, she's, that's when she kind of began to push back and really begin to, I guess, uh, kind of, I guess, dig, I guess, dig in deeper. And that's when she said, well, I'm telling you now, when you hit 42 weeks, don't come to me. I'm not going to be responsible for delivering a stillbirth baby. I'm, you know, I'm not going to do it. And then right then and there, I could feel the room change even more. Husband was quiet. I became quiet. Um, I, I just didn't really, I was really taken by surprise at that, at that, that point. So um, we leave the hospital that day and Adrian and I are both very quiet, which is abnormal. <laughs> we're going in the elevator. We're still quiet. Um, get in the car, still quiet. And then about a few minutes into the ride, I kind of broke the ice. And I'm like, what was that? I, I, what do we do? This was too much. Um, we talked about essentially how we don't believe being with this doctor will allow for us to have a, have, have a, have a positive birth experience. And that's what I was aiming for at this point, a positive birth experience, whatever that looked like. And, um, called my doula, shared with her what was going on. And she pretty much supported me and saying, because I said, I don't feel comfortable. She's like, well, you know, you don't have to stick to this doctor. Like it's your choice. And I'm thinking it's 34 weeks. What do you mean? I'm right around the corner. And she's like, nope. I know women who switched up at 40 or shoot whatever they decided to do, you know? So um, took what she said to heart. Asia and I had a conversation. I was like, let's just hit the ground running. So I started researching doctors that were more pro-natural and those who would support my decisions um, for, for, for childbirth. And I we lined up a couple interviews. I believe I need to start interviewing my doctors, not just going to one because if you know just fit the or fit the situation. And um, we ended up coming across one that was exactly what we needed. Um, you know, she, she was one that was very much like kind of straight to the point, but she was very much, you know what, you realize that you're giving birth. So I'm just here to support you if you need, but you're giving birth. This is all you, mom. And I'm like, this is what I need to hear. I don't think I was expecting. But I was like, you're right. This is true. This is me. So I appreciated that she gave me that space to be confident. She believed in the innate ability of us being able to give birth. Um, so now I'm feeling pretty good. We found a doctor. And now I'm in a whole new hospital as well. So I switched hospitals and everything. I get my records switched over and all of that kind of stuff. But now we're starting to settle into that. 
And as I'm feeling good about finding the doctor, unfortunately, COVID found me and my husband. So now I am sick with COVID. Um, and being pregnant during the pandemic, I think everyone was kind of had a lot of friends who were pregnant at the same time um, out here. And we were all just very much like, we don't want to get COVID. And I got it. Um, so I was devastated initially. I was very, very sick. Um, uh, so I essentially had, ugh, what else? I was extremely tired. Um, I was, that's right, lot, had a loss of taste, loss of smell, uh, lo loss of appetite, um, shortness, of shortness of breath. I was feeling a lot of the symptoms. Um, and on top of that, I was very scared that my baby would want to come now. Because now at this point, I'm 37 weeks pregnant. Um, and my fear really wasn't that like baby coming <clears throat> would get COVID. My fear was I'm completely weak right now. I don't see how I could even push through a labor at this point. I know, mind you, I've never had, I never experienced labor, but kind of what I know, I, you know, you got to kind of be in control of your body a little bit. And I didn't see how I was going to be able to do that. So I just kept praying, please, baby, do not come now. This is not the time for you to come. Say, stay right where you are. And baby, listen, mostly baby, listen for the, for the most part. Um, so uh, during all of that time, I'm also, um, I guess, in slightly stress mode because I'm also leaving a job. I decided I was going to leave a job. Um, as an educator, you kind of have to give the heads up when you're going to be leaving. And I was ready to leave a job that I wasn't fully happy in at, at the time and, and hopefully get into a new position that I thought I was going to be happy. It was a, it was a dream job. So COVID, pregnant, uh, Zoom interviews, um, and all of that. And uh, eventually... I became, uh, I became, I got better. I got the job I wanted. Um, so things are starting to look up. It was like, all right, we're, we're doing good. And during that time of being sick and weak, thank God Adrian was not as weak. He says he was strong. I guess that's what it was, <laughs> but he barely had any symptoms. Um, so that meant he could take care of a lot of the, of the baby prep. You know, the clothes are piling up. The like things are everywhere. Nothing's been washed, but he got it all washed cleaned, folded, put in the, uh, in the drawer, the baby drawers. And I was just so grateful because I had no energy for it. Um, so now it's time to go and get tested. Um, so we go take the test. Next day it comes back. We're negative. We're feeling good. We're great. This is excellent. So I thought, let me just kind of go to the doctor and just check on everything. Let them know I'm kind of back. I'm still here kind of a thing. And we find out then that, um, the doctor that I found, the one that I was very pleased with, one that has just supported me and let me do my thing, she had to go back home to her home country for a family emergency. So I was like, okay, all right. Well, I'm 38 and a half weeks pregnant. I still might be time. She should be back before my due date, even though I know due dates are arbitrary now. But, you know, I'm thinking it's good. It's fine. Um, so, um, but we go to the doctor. Um and the good thing, what I thought was really good about these going to the hospital, at least, was that, you know, my initial hospital, they were very much like COVID, baby, pregnancy. That's, they, they were very, I guess, fearful about it. So they believed in like isolation methods and things of that nature. Whereas this hospital very much, you had COVID, great. The baby has, an, the baby has antibodies now. So they was a lot was night and day in terms of how they, uh, of their approach with it all. Um, so that was a good thing. Um, so they, everything seemed to be working fine. We're, we're good to go. I was feeling pumped. Um, so we left the hospital and we immediately kind of started doing some baby prep things. Cause we, again, we've been 
out in quarantine for two weeks at this point. So we um, put the car seat in the, well, I helped Adrian put the car seat in the car. <laughs> um, and we went home and I was, we we're gonna go out for lunch, but I was like, no, nah, let's just stay in, order in, and let's just, and I felt the urge to want to pack my hospital bag. I felt the urge to want to pack baby's hospital bag. Adrian, pack your hospital bag. Then we started organizing things, putting things in fun little places and, you know, just different things like that. So I, I just kind of felt the sense of energy to want to get things done. I got a lot of things done. Um, so now it's about 10, 30, 11 p.m. at night. And I was like, I'm hungry. I'm going to make a sandwich. And then as I'm making that sandwich, that's when I started feeling contractions. <laughs> so baby waited, but waited the, till the day I tested positive. I mean, excuse me, negative. So um, yeah, so that's kind of, I realized that was my nesting time. So that is all around of me finally being, I guess, free, if you will, of, of COVID. When you talked about some of the messages that you received about epidurals, cesareans, dying in childbirth, it just made me think of like this obsession in America with black trauma. Um, there's just this idea of that we keep just throwing it in the face, throwing it in your face. And while it has benefits for people having an understanding of what's going on with us without pointing the finger and saying, hey, you're killing your babies and you're dying and it's your own fault. It's like it, it starts to open the conversation of what's actually happening, but then there's really not that follow-up of what are the solutions and what are what can you do to help yourselves because no one's coming to help you right it's kind of this thing that we we're accustomed to that part like we're dealing with an issue we can fix our own issues we do need some additional resources to help our own issues because we can't stop you from being racist right i mean we can teach a class right but what it it's gonna take a lot of classes so <laughs> Um, with so many things being inherent about racism in America. Um, I'm thankful that you were able to get through those things because that is a hard part of a lot of a lot of people coming into being pregnant and those messages are out there. And, and before you can even start, like you said, before you can even get good into the pregnancy, you're already feeling defeated. Um, and everybody doesn't have a doula that's going to bring them in all this knowledge and be able to provide that. And yes, there's Google, but there's so many different messengers on Google, right? Um, finding the right person to help guide you and provide different resources for educating yourselves during pregnancy is so important. Um, there's so much to learn. I, I mean, I've given birth to three children. I've been a doula for years, but I'm still learning things. I'm like, ooh, look what I found out today, right? <laughs> it's like, learning about antibodies and people being afraid. And I'm like, no, just feed the baby, right? You have COVID, keep feeding the baby. Feed everybody the milk. You drink the milk, the daddy drinks the milk, everybody gets some milk. Um, so it's just all the people out there listening, if you're pregnant, wanting to be pregnant, making sure that you are digging deep into sources that are of value to you, especially as a black or brown person anywhere in the world. You know, every place is managing COVID its own way. Um, so I know for you had said that um, Adrian couldn't come to appointments with you. What was it looking like coming up to the birth about having people in your space? Like had by that time things shifted or like how were you all preparing for what day of would look like? Uh, yeah, the, that's a great question. Um, 
So I would definitely say it varied based on the facility that you, you were going to. So, um, you know, a few, a few facilities uh, in that one, and one was my initial one, they were very much like they were limiting who, who you could have in your birthing room. Um, so I could have my husband in my birthing room. Um, doula could, but kind of had to come in and kind of do some different procedures with that prior to. Um, I wanted also one of my dear friends, close friends of mine out here, I want her to attend as well. Um, and that person kind of was also, she was could be able to communicate with my family, things like that. And I was told I wouldn't be able to have an additional person. Whereas other facilities, particularly the one that I did give birth in, um, there was no limitations really. They, they were like, it's fine. <laughs> if you feel comfortable with them in, come on in. Also some facilities required negative PCR tests um, within maybe it was like 48 yeah, hours, something like that, which is very hard. So if you're a doula, for example, and waiting on, it, yeah. it was going to be, you're going to have a PCR test almost every day waiting for that baby to come. So um, some facilities are still like that now and some are not. Yeah. It, just, it, it just, it varies. I also found it interesting the way your doctor communicated their own end goal for your pregnancy, your labor and delivery. Um, just as you talked about this doctor being this person that people are depending on to pro provide information to them. Um she immediately kind of went into the fear tactic of, oh, you don't kill your baby, fine, just don't call me. What? <laughs> what? And I'm thinking like, Ashley's pregnant, just went through, you know, going through all these different things. Adrian, for you, what was that like? Like being in that appointment, having, hearing that message on your end? So I think it's, I think it's only right that we back up a bit here um, and just, from my perspective, like all of this is very brand new to me. You know, I have two siblings, uh, both brothers, they have children, um, but we never really talked about like the birth, their birthing stories or anything along those lines. It's, it, it's not taboo, it was just something that has never come up. We always talk about the baby, maybe the, the ride to the hospital, blah, 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 but never really talked about like anything leading up to, to that point. Um, so, I kind of chuckled earlier when Ashley said uh, the part about, uh, when well, she mentioned the part about natural birth. Um, I was not a believer, you know. <laughs> you know, my wife flinches at, um, if a mosquito bites her, you know, she's like, oh, you know, the, the world is ending. <laughs> so we're talking natural birth here. And I, what I just surface level knew about natural birth was like, I don't know that this is going to actually happen. Um, <laughs> But in terms of when we're in this room, in this uh, office, and the doctor is speaking, you know, um, well, two things. One, I learned, you know, uh, before I left the States that, yes, doctors in general have this, this bit of knowledge about the body and about how to treat the body. Um, but a lot of what they are uh, in tune to do is treat the body through medicine. You know, then that's their knee-jerk reaction to any type of ailment that the bodies have. And I respect that because that's, I'm fine with that if that's what you're looking for in terms of a doctor, right? Um, however, I know, uh, I know differently about uh, the body itself, what it's able to do, how it's able to respond to ailments and illnesses, you know, so forth and so on. Um, given the right foods, given the right in, uh, nutrients, so on and so forth, it can heal itself. In many cases, 
Um, so when I'm sitting and I'm hearing a doctor tell uh, my wife that all of the things that we had come up with, uh, and she led most of it, to be very honest, uh, for her our birthing plan, for, for the birthing plan, they weren't going to be able to take place. It kind of takes the wind out of the sail, to say the least, you know, because uh, it's not like you're doing this birth plan because, oh, this will be fun and exciting to do. It's because something that we actually believed in. <laughs> and this is what how we wanted to bring our child into the world. We thought it was the best way to do so. Um, and it wasn't for likes or anything like that, because that was not the, the, the focus here. The focus was having a healthy pregnancy and having a healthy birth. And this is the way that we actually had researched and thought it would be mm-hmm. would be best for our for our household. Mm-hmm. And for her to say, like, you know, it was just pretty blatant, like, no, nah, this is not happening. Um, and it puts you, for me, I could feel when I went silent, and I know Ashley knows this, like I was angry. <laughs> and I didn't know how to respond without showing that anger. So I've learned in life that when I'm getting to this point where things are, I can't articulate myself without coming off in a rough kind of way, then to just settle down and just kind of take it all in and just kind of receive it as, as much as possible. Um, definitely still asking the questions, acting, you know, being as engaged as possible. But I'm telling you, it, it, it took a lot out of me um, because it, I kind of felt like we had no control of the situation. And I think one of the things that that really bothers me is when when someone like in in general like you can't control anything but you feel that you always want to feel like you can control your body mm-hmm. what goes in your body you know and so forth so when someone is telling you like nah we're not gonna allow you to control your body like it it's a it's kind of a slap in the face mm-hmm. and you have to take a step back and really understand what someone that person that person's perspective and I think that's mm-hmm. yeah their intent yeah and, and and I think that's what what I was feeling a lot of like this this we're not aligned and I was very nervous because in my world, in my in my world, of, in, in, in terms of pregnancy and understanding was very, very shallow. So uh, when someone at 30, what, 37 weeks, 34, weeks, 34 weeks is saying, you know, hey, when I know that this person is not the person for us. And in my mind, like I'm running through like, OK, so now how do I settle Ashley down and make this OK? Mm-hmm. And no, fundamentally, it is not okay. But um, like, so how do we push forward? Like, those are questions that I'm asking myself as I'm sitting there silently and not kind of zoned out to whatever else she's saying. So um, that's that's where I was, and that's what I was feeling at the time. You bring up two really good things, um, and I appreciate you. You know, you sharing your honest um, response to all of that and what was coming up for you. The first thing being the conversation about birth from um, the male or partner's perspective, right? Like you said, it wasn't as if talking about birth wasn't happening. Like you talked about, yeah, we had a baby with your siblings and this is what happened. But there wasn't any actual conversation around what that entailed. Um, And I think because of, again, society and media, it's like there is a huge focus on the birthing person, which is necessary, of course. But there isn't as much conversation about how are we supporting partners to be good support people um, and also their experience through it as well. Like where are those conversations happening so that they also have enough knowledge to be able to say, 
it, to go beyond, I'm just doing this because I want to support my support my partner, but I'm doing this because I understand it. It makes sense. Um, and I feel confident in it, which then helps me be a better support person, right? <clears throat> and then, then I think the second thing that I really appreciated was, you know, the understanding, there being a connection of like, I'm walking into my birth and I'm making these decisions because they make sense to me because they're important for how I understand what my body needs in health and care providers being able to respect that. Like there being a balance of, I hear you, this is your body, you are in control. Here's what I also have in my toolkit and making it all align when it needs to align. Cause yes, medicine is needed sometimes. Yes, we know that, but <laughs> we also know there are so many other alternatives that might make more sense so how do we work together without taking away the control and the power of the person who's making those decisions? Because like you said, I'm not, I'm not out here just making these decisions for fun. Like I did good. I did research. I, this is something that I like poured into, like, this feels good to me. This is what I believe in. And you're just saying what that none of that makes sense. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah. And we have to even even looking into why, like even just the one thing of getting an IV, that IV is generally for you to get hydrated. I don't trust you enough to drink water. That's what your provider is saying. I don't trust you enough to drink your water. And I think you're going to get an epidural. So I want to make sure your body's fully hydrated. Those, those, that's it. Those are the reasons. So if I bring my water and you see me drink it, I'm not going to get this IV right now, okay? Or you can put it in my hand instead of on my wrist where it's going to do this and make it weird the whole time. It's going to hurt. Maybe I'll accept that, but you don't actually have to connect it to anything. Like, just leave it there. And if I need it, I'll let you know. Like, it's streamlining processes and not trusting your patient. That's what that is. You, because you don't know them. You essentially don't know your patients because you saw me for 15 minutes. <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> you can roll facts. Yeah. Anyway, right. <laughs> That's a lot to say there. Exactly. <laughs> oh, frustrating, but yeah, that is the reality. Yeah. Or a reality. Yes. Yeah. Let's get to the birth. Yes. Tell us about your birth. Birth time. All right. So, um, so like I said, I, uh, I realized I was, I was nesting, getting things prepared without me realizing it. Um, you know, I was preparing everything for, for baby to come. And now, like I said, I'm eat, making my sandwich and eating my sandwich with the onset of those contractions. So I still continue to eat that sandwich. Um, <laughs> but I was feeling hungry, but I was starting to feel something come through. So I remember turning to, uh, uh, so we're in early labor now. I turned to my husband and uh, mind you, I've never been here before. So I, I turned to Adrian. I was like, I think something's going on. I think it's going down. So pull out your contraction timer that you downloaded because this is one of the things that he decided to have in his toolkit uh, to, you know, to help help support me. So he pulled it out. I said, I'm just going to tell you when to push the button, put, put, push the timer, and we'll see what happens. So we're doing that. I'm eating my sandwich. I'm telling him when to push. And we started maybe about 30 minutes to an hour, and we realized there was some pattern developing. So I was like, okay, I think this is starting. 
So my natural reaction is like, okay, wait a minute. My mind just starts going. I'm like, okay, wait. So it looks like I'm out. This looks like I'm starting. Um, I'm in labor. Doctor is out. The one that I was confident in. Great. She's out. All right. No worries. Uh, so what do I need to do? find out who's on staff because now midwives are going to be there. So I call the hospital. I'm like, who was on call? Who do I email my birth plan to? That's my first thing. I'm like, I want to make sure whoever I walk into, you you know what I want and you respect that. That's my thinking. Um, so I email my birth plan. So contractions are going, but it's manageable. Email my birth plan. I am uh, worried about my hair. Black woman, I was in a natural state. I was like, I was supposed to have a hair appointment, get, get, get my braids installed. But now I can't. So what do I do? Do I wash my hair? No, Ashley, you cannot do that right now. You're building up contractions. So I go in the bathroom, pull out my spray bottle, my butters, my oils, and I just put some twists in my hair. So I'm doing that, trying to get my and still move through the contractions. Um, I'm also thinking about, okay, the baby might be coming now, so I need to get the apartment clean. So if you know anything about UAE life, it's very quick and simple to get someone to come and clean your apartment, and they even have a disinfectant uh, service for COVID. So went on the app, got that uh, scheduled for the, for, for the next morning. So that way we're COVID, COVID, COVID free in the house before baby comes. Um, and I'm a teacher, an educator. So I was already out uh, for the past couple of weeks because of COVID. And I was giving out sub plans every couple of days. So now I'm thinking, oh no, I need to give a couple more days of sub plans before the holiday hits. So I hop on my email, Again, still dealing with contractions, email up my sub plans. Um, I also needed to email my intent letter because it was due. And I was like, I need to let them know that I'm not coming back. So I did that too. So I'm doing all these different things that now I'm like, the plan of being due next week is not happening. Um, so that was my mode of getting some last minute things done. And now at this point, I'm trying to nap, but contractions are starting to build mm -hmm. a little bit. So I'm not mm -hmm. really napping. Um, I kind of keep waking up. I don't know what's going on, really. It's kind of a bit of a blur. Uh, the next morning, oh, I also called my doula during that time. And she was so calm, very confident. Like, you still have lots of time. This is early labor. And I'm like, so I don't need to go to hospital? She's like, nah, you're good. I was like, okay. So I kind of chill back. I wait. Um, and morning comes. Hubby makes me some, some food. And I'm eating it. And then about halfway through that meal, I'm just like, ah, okay, hold on. This is getting a little bit... A little bit more rigorous. I'm a little rigorous at this point, and um, and now I'm just trying to push through these push through these contractions. So I the plan was to labor at home. That was the plan. Labor at home as long as long as long as I could. What I didn't expect, um, and this is kind of what I had to learn some lessons about what to expect versus my reality a bit. Um, I just didn't expect to be so long i guess it's where i was though so i heard about it i figured that's not going to happen to me so although i have no concept of time uh while laboring at home what i can see is that i started labor when it was dark and then it's light and then it's dark again so at this point i've gone through a full day i'm feeling like at this point mm -hmm. um which wasn't helping my confidence wasn't helping my psyche out a bit i'm like it's going pretty long contractions are building um my uh, doula came in and out to check in on checking on us um adrian was supporting me uh, so they were giving me some little you know grapes some snacks some juice water um counter pressure which definitely definitely is needed because i then developed a uh, back labor and I didn't really know what that was until I knew what it was. And um, that constant pain in the back was definitely 
a challenge. Um, so we're, they're doing different methods for me. Um, you know, we, I go into the bath tub and that wasn't what I expected as well. Um, so we get in the bathtub and I learned in that moment, we learned in that moment that, uh, the, the stopper, uh, the tub doesn't have a lot of suction. Therefore, water is seeping out as we're trying to continue to fill it up. So I'm sitting in the tub in pain, like, why is the water not rising as it should be? And I see my husband go away. He comes back with a green pitcher, bright green neon pitcher. And he's just trying to fill water in the tub. It's just a hot mess at this point. But <laughs> they're trying. So, you know, I appreciate that. So that wasn't what I expected. But it's okay. I still got some warm water on me. <laughs> um, and so a lot of this is, go so this is what's go pretty much going on over the course of 23 hours at home. So it's 23 hours laboring at home. Um, and I'm becoming, I'm beginning to feel just more, more pain. I'm tired. I'm just getting over COVID. So I'm still really tired at this point and realizing how long it's been is affecting me. So I, kept threatening, if you will, I'm going to the hospital. I'm going to, I said that probably over a course of six hours. I'm going, we're going. And then I hit this point of like, I am done. So now again, we started, I started labor about 10, 30, 11 PM. I don't, maybe it was a Tuesday. It was, it was maybe Monday or Tuesday. And then the next day we're back at like 9 PM. And I'm like, I am done. So I go to the bathroom and um, oh, I also mentioned like my water hasn't broken. So I'm frustrated, like, why isn't this happening? I thought that was supposed to be happening. Uh, mucus plug hasn't come. So I'm like, what is going on? And that's why I kept prolonging going to the hospital. So that was, my doula kept encouraging, well, if these things haven't happened, you're probably fine. So I go to the bathroom, mind you, 22, 23 hours in, and the mucus plug comes out. So I'm like, that is it. I'm, I think this is it. I assume I'm going to the hospital. So in this moment, I'm so adamant about going to the hospital because I believe, I guess, at this moment that, somehow leaving the house and going to the hospital will just prompt the baby to come. I'm also, even though I don't want any pain medications in my birth plan, I don't want any pain medication. I do not want an epidural. In the back of my mind, I'm like, they got something for me though, right? Like something I could take, right? That, that's what I'm thinking. Cause I'm just so trained at the time. And um, so we get ready to go to the mm. hospital and it was, although I'm very adamant, like let's go. I'm in pain. So I'm not moving that fast. Um, bags are packed, but I'm struggling to get my pants on. Adrian's helping me try to get my pants on. I'm uh, I'm just, I'm all over, I'm, I'm out of sorts. And now we have mini bags to get downstairs. And I don't have a free, well, I have a free hand, but I really didn't have a free hand because I'm not touching anything. Um, so uh, Adrian turned to me and he's like, um, you're like, I'll go downstairs. Mm -hmm. And yeah, get the bags in the car and come back and get me. I'm looking at him like, no, that, that is not going to be the plan. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm just coming with you. We're gonna figure this out. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, I'm gonna figure it out. So we were walking slowly to the elevator. I'm holding onto every wall possible. Um, get in the elevator, um, again, holding onto the elevator rails, get to the car. So it was a struggle to get to the car. We get to the car, we're pulling out, we're leaving the complex and mind you, I have back labor. So I'm barely sitting in the seat. It's just kind of like my hands are mostly on it and I'm like raised up a bit. And Adrian turns to me and he's like, you're not going to put your seatbelt on. And I cut him so quickly with my eye. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm sorry. This is not going to happen. Like I'm not putting on a seatbelt. We're going to pray that we get to this hospital safe and sound. 
And that's just what we did. So um, despite him driving as fast as he probably could, you know, we were safe. We were good to go. No seatbelt. I don't encourage it, but that's where I was in that moment. Um, so we get to the hospital and I remember Adrian grabbing a wheelchair for me. Again, I barely could sit in it, but I, while he was doing that, I was on the ground. Like I just kneeled down on the ground. I don't care who's looking at me at this point. It's just, I'm just, I, this is what I need right now. So we get in, uh, I guess the, I guess the waiting room, the, the registration room. Um, and this is where, you know, they're going to check service, want to check many things. Um, things that I really wasn't sure how I felt about it in that moment. Um, but one of the things I did appreciate was that the hospital, the midwife particularly had my birth plan, like copies of it. Like everyone had it. And I was like, oh, I'm glad. And she's like, like, this is what I'm using today. This is my tool. This is my Bible right now. So I did, I did like that. Um, I thought it was a good sign at least. So, uh, so what happens? Uh, we're in the room. And they check me and they realize I'm seven centimeters dilated. And and I'm like, so what can you give me? I, you know, and she's like, you're too far gone. Like, I can't give you anything, really. I mean, I can give you epidural. I'm like, nothing? Like, nothing other than epidural? And on my mind, like, I do not want epidural. I just, I did some research on it, um, particularly just like what it, like what it consists of, like the med, uh, the type of medication in it. I just felt like I didn't want that in my system. Um, so... Uh, when I realized that I couldn't get anything, that was a hit, a major hit. Um, again, not that I really wanted, but I just thought that I have the option, and the option wasn't even there. So, uh, so where are we? So they, oh, they give me the, they gave me a, the gas in there. They were able to give me the gas in there, and um, and I, again, what I expected, I, I didn't really know how to utilize. The, the tool and I became frustrated. I was like, no, I don't even want it. So I was just upset about that. So now I'm waiting in that room because they're waiting to prepare the birthing room. Uh, uh, another woman just had just had given birth prior to me coming. So they had to clean it up and refill the bathtub. Cause I wanted to at least do some water immersion, perhaps water labor, depending how I felt. So they had to wait a while to fill that tub up. Um, and we're just waiting in that room. I just kind of remember swaying back and forth, maybe kind of kneeling down and and now they're like, hey, we can take you to the room. And I remember this point where um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a person, like when it comes to my feet on like on floors, I'm very anal usually about that. Like I just don't like my feet on floors. I need house shoes, I need some kind of shoe. But in this moment, my feet, is, my feet are on that hospital room floor and they were like, we can take you down the hall. And I just started going. I'm like, it's ready. And I just started moving. And Asia was like, what are you doing? You don't have your shoe. Like, don't you need your shoe? <laughs> and mind you, it was just, just a slide, like a sandal. And I was like, no. And I left. And he's just like, oh, my God, the hospital floor. I'm like, this doesn't matter. It does not matter in this moment. <laughs> right now, all that matters is that I get into that birthing room. Get, so again, I'm, wait, I'm looking for something to help me just, I guess, alleviate in my mind. Like, this next stage will help me some, some, some kind of way. So we get in the room. Um, I get into the water. And it, although the water was calming, um, I had the back labor. It wasn't cutting anything. So I could barely, I could barely sit in the tub. And unfortunately, they don't have those grips in the tub. I hear it might be for like, I guess, bacteria and things of that nature. But I needed that because I just kept slipping and sliding in the tub. So I was like, I got to get out because this isn't working out for me because my back was just in a lot of pain. So I couldn't rest in it. Um, so I get out. I move around. I'm 
mostly on all fours the entire time. Um, and as I learned later, I guess because my back was in so much pain, I, I naturally wanted to go forward, I guess, kind of help open up my pelvis. So that's what I was mostly doing. And then two hours passed, and now it's time for them to check my cervix as part of the procedure, the time. And um, they check my cervix, and this is where I was at a major crossroads. <laughs> um, they told me I went from seven to eight centimeters in two hours, and I lost it. I, I lost it in that moment. I, I realized, I know you're laughing, but this is just, it, I, I lost it. And um, this is now where I think I needed, this is where my support team really came in. Um, and I, 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 rather, I want Adrian to actually share this, this piece a little bit more because from your, from your perspective at the crossroads. Well, <laughs> I think, well, I think for everybody, for both of us, like we were pretty disappointed that, um, you know, in the two hours and based on Ashley's, re Ashley's reaction to the, the contractions, like I thought she was probably like 20 centimeters at this point. Like, <laughs> I had baby could fall out at any moment. And uh, when so when she came back and the nurse said it was only eight, uh, it was a it was a blow. But then, so Ashley goes off, but not, but not as bad as it could have been. It, it was, it was. I'm still in character. Yeah, you still were. <laughs> it wasn't embarrassing. It was more like she's she's in pain, guys. It's okay. She's she's in pain, kind of thing. But um, but at this point, this is when the nurse started offering the epidural, and she keeps saying, uh, "Well, we can offer you can take the epidural, but you need to take it now. This is a you know this is we're at the breaking point. You have to take it now." And um, I can tell the way that the pain is, is striking Ashley, like she's, you know, she wants to give in because she's just tired. Yeah. And it's not, and I think that's also a portion of it. It's not just the pain. I think the pain is dramatic, but I think she's also, she's labored for a long time. Yeah. I don't think either of us were thinking that we'd be at yeah. this point, yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um, so she keeps pushing it, and I can see Ashley's, you know, not giving, but she keeps. You I'm, know, I'm trying to take. She's it. inquiring. And like, give me. Actually, I'm saying, give me. If I recall, I'm saying, give me the epidural. I forget what I said. Give it. To me. That, that's what I'm and, saying at this point. And you know what's kind of funny at that moment, because we weren't a hundred percent prepared for the baby to come at that time, and because of we even going had gone through COVID. You know, we hadn't really discussed, like, how do I know when you're at your breaking point? So that's kind of just like, out. No safe words. There's no safe word. There's <laughs> no, like, just, you know. So she's saying, you know, you know, give it to me. And I'm thinking, ah, you got this. You <laughs> just, just hang in there. But I can see in her face, like, she's, like, really, like, you know, I need this. Um, but I, I ultimately know, knew that. You know, I knew her philosophy on, on childbirth at this point. I knew her understanding of her philosophy on um, medicine coming from doctors. And really, like, this epidural had really kind of rocked our world when we did a little research on it. Yeah. So I knew she was anti this epidural. You know, minus the fact that, you know, something was, was coming along that was going to, this was necessary for her yeah. to sustain life or for the baby. You know, otherwise, like, we don't need this. Or she doesn't need this. <laughs> But the nurse keeps pushing it, and I, I know she's, Ashley's going to, you know, is saying, you know, give it to me. So I asked the nurse, to, can, we, can we talk outside, you know, at this point? And when we go outside, I kind of look at the nurse, and I'm like, look, you know, the birth plan is calling 
you know, this is the birthing plan. This is what we have in mind. This is what we really want. Ashley's in a very, very weak moment at this time. And she says, well, you know, I just want to make sure that she has everything possible to make this as easy as possible for her because, you know, she's just said that she wants, she wants the epidural. And I said, well, let's, let's, let's let me give you a bit of just let's reality. Let's just kind of look at what happened. I said, we were just down the hall in the other room and you guys asked to take blood from her vein. And that's a pretty easy, easy procedure. People start doing this at what birth almost, you know, giving blood. And there's not a whole lot of pushback. My wife just asked you about 55 questions just <laughs> off of the blood you were trying to draw from her vein. And I asked, I said, so what's the procedure for you to do the epidural? She's like, oh, we'll have to put a needle in, your, in her back. And I said, exactly. So she, she's given this kind of anxiety about just having blood drawn from her vein. What makes you think that she's going to be able to sit still, take a needle to the back, like at this point, like she's just not there. Besides the needle to the back, like my wife is not been sitting still since she's hit this hospital floor. Like it's this it's not possible for this to take place. So the lady find the nurse, man, she's a kind of nurse, don't get me wrong, but she she kind of backed off at that point. She realized that you're probably right. It's probably not the ideal thing to do at this time because anything could probably ha possibly happen. But when we go back in the room, I think I don't even know if you realized that I was gone. I, I didn't. I didn't realize he left the room. I just kind of felt his presence again. Um, and I, I think it's because in that moment, I was I was sitting there really kneeling there contemplating. Um, so I was going back and forth in my mind, like, Ashley, you're in a lot of pain. Take the epidural. But the other part of me was like, this isn't what you believe. This isn't what you, like, again, I've done the research. I don't want this. This is what I said I don't want. Um, and I was really just stuck in this place because I, I was tired. I, lack, I was lacking confidence at this point. I was too busy kind of thinking about this. Is what, I didn't think it was going to be like this. I didn't expect it to look like this or feel like this. So um, I was going through a lot of back and forth. And I remember you um, and my doula, they were both there trying to kind yeah. of sway me not to do it because they knew what I wanted and what I kept expressing during our you know, I guess in, throughout throughout the pregnancy, and um, I remember, yeah, Adrian, you came to me and you were pretty much like trying to break down everything oh, about yeah. about the epidural, right? He was reminding me about, well, if you get the epidural, you know, you're gonna have to sit still, you're gonna have to get this knee. Like he kind of kept going back through the process with me again, and I guess more like making sure that I had, you know, I was making I was making an informed decision again, which I appreciated, right? Kind of walking me through it. And then um, and as he continued to say it, I'm like, I know I don't want this. And then the other flip side, um, which I appreciated him saying was like, the other flip side is like, yes, I know you're in pain, but if you want to get to the other side, you're going to have to kind of go through it and push through it, essentially accept your reality. Um, and that's when I realized like, I, I'm not going to get this epidural. I am in a lot of pain right now, but I realized like, this is just part of it. This is what the body's supposed to be doing to help me continue to get this baby Um you know, out, yeah, out, out into to the world. Um, so I remember Adrian was like, well, you didn't really give a good fair shot for that, for, for that gas in there. You want, you want to try that again? Um, so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll try this. And my doula was there kind of helping me make sure I understood how to utilize it. And once I did, um, I began to like, okay, this is calming me. Um, it wasn't cutting my pain or anything, um, but it put me in a place of calmness it allowed for me to kind of turn, allowed for me to turn within. Uh, I know, Adrian, you, you, you described my eyes. <laughs> yeah, like it was, it was, 
almost like out of body. Like your eyes kind of look like way more relaxed. Like you were every all before it was more like very intense. Like you know, oh, you know this pain, and then it was at this point of um, like, okay, I got this. I got this. I got this for at least for this moment. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, well, can I get some of that gas? Like, <laughs> let me. Let me. Who's doing that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that would have been funny if you tried it. But yeah, so I was in it. Um, the gas was helping me. I was becoming a lot more calm. I was turning within. And I repeatedly kept asking God for strength. That, that, that's what I was doing at that point. So I, I started to realize uh, right at that crossroads, it's like, Ashley, you've been so busy focused on this pain and so busy focused on, I didn't think it was going to really look like this and feel like this. And I was like, you got to just kind of, I'm going through it. So I got to get through it. This is it. The baby has to come out. So, so this is what I'm doing. Um, and don't get me wrong. There was definitely still some moments of weakness going on in my mind. Like I, I particularly remember uh, the nurse coming in with the Doppler and checking the baby's heart rate. And this is going to sound bad to say, but that's where I was in that moment, you know, that moment of weakness. Uh, and she checked it and she didn't say anything. And I was like, is everything okay? And Sadly, in my mind, I was thinking she was going to be like, we got to rush you off to get a cesarean. Like, why was I envisioning this? Was because I'm like, the pain will stop, right? That's not what I wanted. But in my mind, I was thinking like, <laughs> this will stop the pain, right? But she's like, no, everything's fine. Baby's fine. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, that should be a sigh of relief. But I'm just, okay. Um, but again, I continue to try to turn within and continue to make that prayer um, using that gas. The gas really helped to refocus my focus my, my, my energy a bit and um oddly enough I don't remember the time going by as it did I thought it felt like maybe an hour but when we look at it in retrospect it's probably about five hours after that um is when I began to start pushing um so interesting I remember Adrian you asked me later he asked the uh, you know how did you know when 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 to start pushing um because he's like I don't remember anyone like saying it's time to push you know and I was like that was all me like the you and I as I learned later like you know, your body will know when it's time to push. Like that, that, there's nothing else to it. Um, and I remember, particularly, I, I said to the, uh, I've said out loud. Um, I hope, I guess, the language is fine. But I said, uh, I feel like I have to take a shit. That's what I kept saying. I have to take a shit. And the, and the midwife was like, "Great." It's like, "What?" I was <laughs> okay. And then I was like, "I need to get to the toilet." So I go on the toilet. Nothing came out, nothing. But it was about me, I guess, expanding and opening up a bit. I felt like I needed to be in that position. Um, and then that allowed for me to continue to, I guess, open up, open up my cervix more. And I remember they did check at one point, And I remember the last number I'd have been nine. And at this, maybe a few minutes later, I was like, I don't care what, I think I was like, I don't care what number it's supposed to be. I'm pushing. I'm pushing now. This is what I feel. And the midwife was very supportive of that. She was like, yep, go for it. You know, so she didn't come back and check me. She just, just like, I guess she understood again. That was what I, I know what my body needs at this time. So um, I remember a burst of energy came at that point, right? Like I, I'm like, okay, it's time. And now I had more, another level of energy coming in. And I was pretty much going back and forth between the two positions of like kneeling over the bed and laying on my side. I just kind of kept doing both of them. Um, and trying to figure out how the pushing was definitely a challenge for me. Um, <laughs> I know in terms of like the breathing, I was kind of encouraged of kind of how to try to do like, I guess that like internal breathing, if you yeah. will, or like the internal grunts, if you will. And I just remember thinking, 
why didn't you stick to that yoga girl? Like, why did you not? Like, this is the time I need yoga. And I don't have it. So it's okay. But I got I got my innate ability. I'm just going to push through. And um, so I kept going through the pushing. And I remember at one point, I know Adrian was excited and the midwife was like, okay, just keep pushing, pushing. And feel, see the head, you know, but I'm like, I remember at that point, I shot back. I was like, stop telling me when to push. Because I just realized it kept distracting me and it kept frustrating me and giving me more anxiety. So they began to quiet in that mode. And I just kind of kept trying to take my time to, to, to push. Um, and I guess about, that was about 45 minutes or so. And then uh, that ring of fire that I heard about was real. Um, you know, so I was starting to feel I was getting closer to the end. The ring of fire definitely pushed me a bit. Um, but then right after that last push and I felt that release, like that immediate release, I got, Oh, it was the greatest feeling in the world. Um, like the pain initially, like it stopped immediately, which was absolutely amazing. And our baby came and was <laughs> healthy. And <laughs> I just, I, 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 was, I was in awe. And I was in awe that I went through 30 hours of, of labor. Um, and like Adrian said earlier, like when it comes to pain, I, I don't do pain normally. So for me to be able to get through that, um, with the ups and the downs and, and the disappointments and the frustrations, and all of that. And then being able to find a calmness in it. I was, I'm just impressed. I'm, I'm amazed by, amazed by it all, yes. so to be honest. Um, so, you know, that's, that's our birth. Um, and although I was basking in my baby and baby was on me and feeding on me, on me for the first couple of hours, I remember uh, turning to Adrian and I was like, so you want me to do this again? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I am happy. I am blessed. This is a great feeling. But just, I don't know. So I was already in my mind, like, I don't need to do this again. But I was grateful for the moment. I was grateful for the experience. I love the midwife from the jump. Like, you came in at seven centimeters and she's like, nope, can't do anything for you. I've been reading this birth plan and we're going to stick to that. <laughs> You're not going to come in out the gate knocking off the plan. Uh, so she was your first like I'm like seven centimeters she can still get one no nope. midwife playing games <laughs> she said no we're sticking to the plan if she really needs it she still has time but right now let's try this out you're in a new environment let's get adjusted let's do this thing Adrian daddy doula got in his daddy doula stride got in your head got you together and y'all did this right y'all did that I absolutely love when we do have um, partners on to share like different, you are everybody, whenever you are in labor, you are allowed to do whatever you want. You are allowed to be whoever you want to be because y'all, a whole human is coming forth from you. But it is always great to have other people on who can also share a perspective of moments and then being able, you know, the moments that are funny, like you being like, usually I wear house shoes, but I'm going down this hospital, but I don't care. Just get me someplace to make this stop. <laughs> and just like going through the thoughts that like go through our head, you're like, okay, I know if I leave one place and go to the next, maybe there will be an end to this. Like there's, there's gotta be something. <laughs> knowing the end is baby just coming <laughs> but yes I love when we are able you know to to laugh and reflect um on the parts that are just like that's out of the norm for me normally but this is labor you get to do whatever you want you get to so tell us about postpartum 
how was how was postpartum for you? And here, postpartum is forever. So how were the early parts of postpartum and how are you you working through postpartum now? I, first, I want to pre- appreciate you um, clarifying that for sure. Yeah, postpartum is forever. I really appreciate you saying that because I'm still learning. I'm still growing. Um, but my immediate postpartum, um, you know, again, I, I, I was still in awe. You know, I, and I realized I was still, I guess, in shock initially mm-hmm. after as well. I was definitely still in shock, but I was so grateful. I, I, I remember taking that initial shower um, and I gave uh, the baby to... Uh, Adrian and I just I remember just crying. I was just bald tears crying. And you know, I, I should mention this, uh the midwife, that same midwife, what I do appreciate about what she did, uh also said she said before she left the room, she said, I want to tell you this too. She's like, You will be crying, you will be emotional, you'll be up and down all over the place. And people will tell you and make you believe that there is something wrong with you or that you possibly could be depressed. Like, does does postpartum depression exist? Yes, however, you are. it's normal for you to be, cry and be emotional. Like, that's just part of the process. So she kind of pretty much made sure to just keep that in mind, that you are in a normal state of mind. So I did appreciate that because my postpartum definitely consisted of a lot of ups, ups and downs in terms of my, in terms of my emotions. Um, but in the hospital overall, I think things are going pretty okay. I mean, I, I definitely want to go home at this point. I think the staff is... Being very um, kind, they're good. They're checking in. They're doing lots of things. We even met this really amazing nurse, uh, a black woman. Actually, it was it was nice. So we, we were able to kind of get connected. So I felt like we were we, we were good there. Um, they shipped us to a new room. Things are things are fine. But now I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to go home. I just feel like I'll be a lot more comfortable. So I ended up we ended up leaving the hospital before my discharge. I think I still had another like seven hours, you know, on the in, you know, under under the insurance of timeline uh but i was like i'm ready to go and are you sure you can stay i'm like no i'm good i want to go home interesting enough i was so adamant about getting out of the hospital but then as soon as i think we got outside into the car trying to put the baby in the car seat which was was a struggle um that was a struggle uh i realized that i was i realized how nervous i was i was nervous i was anxious um we get in the car and we head off to um, a store here because we realized we needed to get something that we didn't get before. I don't know. Think about it in retrospect. We probably didn't need to go, but I think in our mind, we're like, grab the last item. And that way we can just go home and stay home. We don't have to leave at all. Um, so we went to the store. Adrian went inside. I stayed in the car with the baby, especially because COVID is out there still. So um, we stayed in the car. And in that moment, I just remember feeling like, there's a whole little human sitting right here. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing to care for this baby. I remember calling my mom and I just started crying. Like, I don't know what's going. I just felt a lot uh, while we're driving, while Adrian's driving the car. He's driving perfectly safe, per- perfectly fine. But everything was, um, how do you say it? Everything was just making me anxious. So every light that passed is nighttime. Every light... And on the highway, I'm nervous. Every every turn that my husband made, I'm nervous. Every shift in the lanes, I'm nervous. I'm just nervous about everything at this point. And I'm crying in the backseat. Um, so after calling my mom and speaking to her, getting out my feelings a bit, Adrian came back in the car. And that's when I shared with him, like, I'm back here crying. And I'm, I, I, just, I can't stop. Like, I, you know, I can't stop crying. Um, and I told him, because I, I realized I'm still in shock. Because I realized I'm still in shock about what just happened. 
although it was a beautiful experience, it was what I wanted um, in terms of, you know, what, what I guess envisioned for my birth. I so realized that it was trauma that my body went through um, and my psyche and everything. So I guess I was still trying to process it. And I remember you turning to me and pretty much, uh, you can share that part if you'd like to know. Well, she was mentioning that, you know, it was, you know, trauma for her, but I, it was trauma for me, you know, because, you know, you know your wife. Well, you, yeah, I know my wife at this point, but I never, like, even like in the back of my mind, I've always, I always kind of thought like, we'll end up getting some medication. And to see like my wife endure uh, this entire natural birth was like just amazing. Um, and for me, like I, I, it was another level of respect. I've always respected it. You know, even before, before we actually became like married and, Engaged. Like I've always res respected her mind and her energy and so forth, but I think it it takes it to another level when you see like this type of like to see her bring another person, a whole human, into the world, you know. And even after that, like you know, we breastfeeding and like uh, you go to the doctor and like this baby's gaining weight, he's he's growing and he's maturing, and it's like. It's all breast milk. <laughs> it's 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 honestly amazing. You know, it's amazing. Now, it, when you when you really think about it, it's amazing that it had been happening for years and for you know forever since the human existence. However, when it happens in my household, it's it's amazing. <laughs> like it's it's something totally different for me. Um, and the respect, you know, it, it's a different level of respect that I have for my wife and what she's able to do. What she's able to endure, um, I, I it, it's just a, a different mode, and I and I think uh, you talked about that drive mm -hmm. home, and that's the one thing that men do talk about, you know, the drive home from the hospital and how careful and how cautious you are, and you know I, I do remember that, and I remember like thinking like man it's like eight lanes of traffic here, yeah. and you know. <laughs> You know, how do I get my baby home <laughs> and my wife home, like, yeah, safely, yeah. you know? <laughs> and we're going to take a detour and go to the store and pick up some items that we need. Yeah, that's that's what we need to do. Towels? I don't know what we were It was doing. like towels. It's like, we needed, like... Nothing nothing is that important. In hindsight, respect. like, it's yeah. not what we needed to no. do. But, you know, <laughs> it was what we needed to do, you know? <laughs> uh, so it, it is a, it is a unbel it's an unreal drive home. Yeah. You know, it yeah. really is. And it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Probably the most pressure I had in the whole 30 hours while <laughs> you know, was, getting, was getting her home. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that, um, yeah. it, and, and again, seeing a, a baby, a human being come out of your wife is unreal. You know, I, I, I wish that every man could see this. Um, but it is, it's like, like, you know, I had to come back into myself after, after this whole experience, yeah. you know? And, you know, I wouldn't change one bit of yeah. it, you know? Um, and, yeah. I, and I would do it again with, at the drop of a dime. Uh, but it is, it's life-changing. Yeah. It's life-changing. I saw it, and I saw it in 10th grade in, on, a, on a PBS special, 
You know, I saw this birth happening. You know, I saw the whole process. So I was ready for this whole process. <laughs> and then I'm there, you know, on the front row, you know, holding back a leg, you know, looking. And then the body, you know, his head pops out and you're like, whoa. You know, it's, it's, it's a little bit different. But, um, <laughs> that live, that live footage. Yeah, that live, more than 3D, it, it's go. like, it, it's something, it's something else. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that ride home, we both needed, I think, just yeah. to kind of unpack a bit and just, I guess, it was a th it was therapeutic for us in, yeah. in, in a sense. Um, and, I, and it was nice once we got home, actually, how clean the house was. <laughs> how organized the house was. And I, I know, Laurel, Laurel, you're used to UAE a little bit life and getting a, having a nanny or a house helper, that is common here. That is nothing, like, you know, that's just part of the, the lifestyle. So we had someone come in and house was organized. Everything was in tip top shape when we, when, when we got home. So we walked in, it felt so clean and peaceful. And I'm like, we're home, this feels good. Our baby is home, we're good. Um, so we, we were feeling pretty, but pretty good. Um, you know, the first couple of days at home, baby was sleeping pretty nice, pretty, pretty peacefully. We're feeling like, this is good. We got this. We're fine. We're fine. And then day three yeah, at home, yeah. maybe day three, I think it was baby boy was like, no, no, that, that is not what you thought it was going to be. Um, so it came difficult to sleep. Uh, you know, Adrian learned. I don't even know if it was difficult versus him just oh, being a baby. He was being a baby, yeah. But like our months. baby just didn't yeah. want to. He wanted to sleep on us. Um, uh, Adrian had learned the first couple of days how to how to swallow him. I mean, it was like a nice packed burrito. Day three, he's like, "I'm out of this burrito. I am no longer doing this. I am no longer going to be sleeping on my back. I am uh, going to just do everything I did not. I did. I did not expect." I'm trying to journey through breastfeeding. So my mature milk is starting to come in. And baby boy was like, I'm good. I think he got one hit of it and was like, I'm knocked out for the rest of the day yeah. and did not want to feed off of me after that. And my breast became engorged. Uh, I'm in pain. Um, I'm crying through it all. Um, cluster feeding. I wasn't fully aware about that. And the, but, and the family wants to see pictures. Oh, the family wants to see pictures. <laughs> Let's hop on Zoom. I'm like, oh, whoa, wait a minute, guys. I know we're far away and all. It's just, I am going through a lot. I remember, like, particularly being on that Zoom call with, with your family, and I'm in the background, like, trying to let them see my full face. I'm faking a smile, and I'm, like, bawling in tears at the same time, you know, because I'm in pain. I'm engorged. Um, my nipples are hurting. Um and they're really hurting also because my son had a, a tongue tie. And they told us at the hospital that, that he did. Like, he has a tongue tie. We can clip it. And we were like, no, we don't have any research about this. We will wait, you know. Um, and then we found out later that actually Adrian had a tongue tie when he was a baby. And they did clip it. So we got a little more research and just a little more understanding. Um, but, yeah, so we're, I'm done with a tongue tie and breastfeeding. It was There was a lot going on um, in those first few days. And I... I, I I remember being like tempted even for formula, for example. Like we had a, I had one can of formula. I was like, in case I need it. And I it, it, it <laughs> hindsight, we really should have moved it off of the counter, but I left it on the counter as like this, like always looked at it like I'm feeling, you know, I think I'm turning to it. If this is what you want to do, it's fine. But I didn't want to, but in the but I still have it here, so it's tempting me. There was a lot going on those first few days. Um, so I was feeling very inadequate. I was feeling lost. I was feeling just sad. Um, 
I was emotional. I'm crying and crying in the shower. Uh, I'm uh, calling my mom crying. Can't you just get on the plane and come? I don't know what, 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 what I'm doing. Uh, so I was feeling a lot of those things right, right after, um, you know, a few days after having baby home. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I still want to figure this out. I got to figure out what, what, what I'm doing. I, I'm a mom now. I got I to gotta turn on that hat. Um, so I'm definitely grateful for my team once again. Um, I really, really believe in, really believe in support. My doula, uh, bless her, you know, she has her certain amount of sessions, her postpartum sessions. She exceeded that. You know, she kept checking in on me, realizing I was in a, in a challenging state um, and not having a lot of support at home as well in terms of like, you know, having your mother or anything like that. So she came to kind of keep encouraging me and supporting me um, with, with, with breastfeeding. Uh, and she kept kind of reminding me, just surrender. You just need to surrender to, to, to the process. Um, and also thinking about just uh, my, mo- my mom. I would call my mom. And I remember she reminded me about, like, listen, none of us knew what we were doing from the very beginning. And she realized that like, your motherly instinct is going to kick in. Um, and it is kicking in. It's there. So just continue to be patient with yourself. Um, so I appreciate, um, respect her for that reminder. And Adrian, you know, he was just a, he was, he's such a great partner. Um, both trying to figure out this parenting thing, figure out this nursing thing. And we also did it while laughing. I think that was helpful too. So we kind of kept cracking jokes to kind of help us figure this thing out together. Um, so uh, I, I think with having all of that support, I was able to then begin to like, just understand, like be patient with yourself, surrender to the process. So, you know, my, when my breasts were engorged, I found strategies to help me uh, express by hand and hot, cold compresses and just kind of help me so that I won't uh, get the mastesis. Um, so I was really focusing on that. I also began to focus on myself. Like I realized like I had to take care of my body. Um, and I think at one point I thought it was a selfish thing to try to take care of my body, but I realized if I don't take care of my body, I'm not taking care of my son. Um, so I learned self-care was definitely important. I learned the art of Netflix and cluster feeding, um, and (laughs) eating with my left hand. Uh, so I, I, I began to kind of try to just shift and surrender to it all and just, uh, allow myself to just get to this reality that I didn't quite envision but understand this is my reality um, and it's a beautiful one and I need to accept that and continue to roll with the punches. So um, that was like initial postpartum, couple months postpartum. And even now, like, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm doing better. I'm still learning and still growing. Um, still trying to exercise patience with my baby boy. Um, not, nothing but energy. Now it's one and walking all over the place. And, um, but I'm doing my best still. And I think just having partner and support team has just been really, really helpful for me. Um, and I think the, also the, I think one of the great things that came out of my postpartum journey was that I kind of just kept, again, realizing the importance of support and realizing the importance of like, I, I started wondering like, do other moms feel this way in the past? Uh, future mom is going to feel this way. Like, how do we help support each other in this? And um, just having my doula be such an amazing support definitely inspired me um, to want to go down that path. I, I know when I was actually pregnant, as I became become more educated and learned, I was like, I want to do this. I think I really want to be a doula or childbirth educator or some things. I was just so passionate about learning. Um, and after my, or 
through my experience and like postpartum, I realized like this is something that I do want to do. Um, so I ended up taking a training um, through through Dona and um, and uh, I'm now uh, uh, practicing as a doula. Um, in the process of getting my full certification, all that stuff. So I, I believe in it. I'm passionate about it. And as I'm continuing to learn, I continue to just, you know, continue to empower myself and continue to edu educate myself. Um, so it's just been a journey. <laughs> the ever evolving journey. Is there <laughs> anything else that you want to share with our listeners, whether it be advice or resources or anything that stood out from your story that you might've forgotten? Uh, I think yeah, that's a great question. I will definitely say, maybe, maybe I'll just reiterate, um, I would just encourage all mamas out there, like just, just take the time to understand, like learn, educate yourself, but also, also be able to discern all of the, all the information because every story is not going to be your story. Every experience is not going to apply to you. Um, and I, and I think sometimes we get so caught up in what it's supposed to look like. Um, what it's supposed to feel like. And just if you can accept that your story and your experience is just as valid and just as normal, whatever you may think, um, I think you'll be a lot better off. Um, I, I think information is important. Seeking information is important. Um, having other people to support you and lean on is important, but you still have to terms in yourself and say, is this what's best for me? Is this what's right for me and my family and my baby? Um, so those are things that... Um, I just would like to reiterate. Um, and it's something that I'm continuing to remind myself of. Um, you know, I, I'm, um, and I get, it can be a lot, it's nerve wracking. Even when you think you have all the information, you can still feel those moments of weakness um, and, and doubt and, uh, and uncertainty. But um, if you can kind of find that ability to turn, to turn within, be patient with yourself as you go through it, I think that's what's important. Um, and I'm reminding others, but I'm also reminding myself because, uh, I didn't think we were going to be that family with two under two, but um, that's where we're going to be at this point. <laughs> I just found out we were pregnant. So I'm about to go through this again. Um, so I'm <laughs> very excited. <laughs> uh, but I'm also like, this is interesting for me to now like learn from my experience and continue to learn and educate myself still. Um, and just, I'm curious to see like, you know, what this next experience will, 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 will look we like. We got this now. Oh, we got it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we got this. We got it. Yeah. Oh, we, inshallah, we hope. But yes, but yeah, so we are, uh, so I'm just ready to learn again and grow. And I encourage others the same. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, you got it. You got it. You got it. We're good. One We're day good. at a time. You got it. One day at a time. <laughs> just, just don't let her be her own doula. Okay, Adrian. Right. No. Tell her to take not. that hat off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> doulas need doulas. I, I, I appreciate that because I already told myself, no, no, I, I don't think I can do that. Uh, but then I thought, am I, supposed need to, am I supposed to be able to do? I'm like, no. So my my same doula right there in my corner already. I'm like, you know, I'm coming back, right? You are my mentor, and you are also my doula. So um, yeah, because I need support. and daddy doula will also be here as well. So <laughs> I, you know, that's I wanted to say something yeah. here. Um, I, I want to challenge and also encourage guys, you know, to get be involved. Um, lots of times we tend to think that, you know, the whole pregnancy is like totally on the lady. And I may, may not even be totally like 
my job is to just take her to the, the, the visits to the doctor and then to be there in the um, delivery room or what have you. Or even there are guys who's like, oh, I don't have the stomach for it. I'm not going to do it, you know. Um, but I, I definitely encourage men, you know, dads, fathers, baby daddies, whatever you are, whatever role you are, to play the role, be 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 a solid partner, because I think your your significant other, your wife, whatever, needs you. Not even I think I know they do, and it's it's life changing. It really sincerely is, and it is your responsibility, you know. Um, and you and we have to uh, step up, and we have to be very active roles from mm -hmm. from day one, um, because life will. From the time that you understand that your significant other is pregnant, like life changed. It, it's already done, right? Again, twice, yep. Right. So, <laughs> so, 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 you know, it is about that, the, you know, the next nine months. And I, and I will say this also, we talked about the postpartum or, you, got, mm -hmm. you know, you spoke about, like you are so prepped. I think, I think, and I'm not so prepped, but you're very prepped for all the way up until the baby arrives, right? And nobody really talks about like that next piece, like, uh, like, you know, working with the postpartum, like, uh, I would say the behaviors and mm -hmm. like, like you, you're in such, uh, like the whole push is to like get the baby here. Yeah. And then like, it's like, then what? And then like the hormones start to shift again. And then it's like this whole other piece that you're yes. coming into and you're like, well, what's going on? But nobody, and I'll say no one, there, there is information out there. I didn't tap into it because I was just trying to get the baby here safely and wife to be safe and so forth. Like I didn't really tap into it. Then after, you know, after the fact, that's when I started really looking at more information and figuring out what was going on and how, how I could better support. But uh, guys, yeah, it is. It is. It's a long journey, and it's a. At that point, once the baby's here, it's a journey forever. You know, yeah. because it's it's your child, and, and you're there to support yeah. mom and, and and baby. So, yeah, that was just my little two cents there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All of it, all of it. Thank all you so received. much. <laughs> all of it received. <laughs> so opportunity. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yes. This is wonderful. Um, yeah. So just thank you. Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com.